Hello and welcome to a Christmas Jumpers edition of the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selectivate and I'm joined by Paul Gallagher, who's better known as the voice of value. How's things, Paul? Yeah, great. Really looking forward to the uh, Christmas racing season, as you can probably hear. I've had a couple of good nights out and the voice is a bit worse for wear, but we'll do what we can. We'll plough on. And today we're joined by another racing expert and friend of the Gambler podcast, John Egan. How are you doing, John? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Thanks for having me back. No problem at all, mate. Now, Boxing Day is traditionally a bumper racing day and there's no fewer than 10 meetings taking place across the UK and Ireland. So we're going to have a look at the live racing on ITV. Yeah, that's, the, I think, where the the best quality racing is. Um, there's tons and tons, as you say, of meetings on. In fact, hunting them was called off as well, so it would have been a living. Um, but I think they're spread a bit thin and most of the quality is going to be on the live on ITV. So, yeah, certainly I'm concentrating on those ones. Yeah, and as old song goes... It is Christmas Eve, I'm not going to call you babe, but let's hope we can get on a lucky one at 18 to 1, eh? Yeah, that would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. The racing action starts at Kempton Park in the 120. Uh, there's 12 down to run it at the moment, and you've got a 12 to 1 shot that you fancy, Paul. I do, yeah. Um, quite an interesting an interesting first race on ITV. There's a couple in this I like. Regular listeners will remember I tipped up Dr. Dex and a couple of months ago, I think it was. Um, when he won uh, and I th- he's in this race again and I, I do think he's um, potentially a bit of value but there's one uh, even an even bigger price which is Comanche Red um, and I think that's probably the, the, the one I'm going to go for um, lightly raced I mean mo- most of these are um, are sort of inexperienced chasers because it's a novice chase so you know, you're not going to have um, older horses with loads of runs over over um, fences. The um, Comanche Red to me has only had two chase runs, <clears throat> and although he's only finished third on both occasions, the quality of the races was pretty good. Um, this, the, his most recent race was against um, a horse called Reserve Tank, who um, is pretty solid, I think. In fact, we backed Reserve Tank that day um, when he was favourite. And uh, if, in saying that, there was FUC run, also pretty uh, pretty solid yardstick. Comanche was pretty close up in third place, and I just think um, he's he's got a bit more improvement to come. Um, and when you look back at his his first run over uh, fences, he was actually third to a horse called Nubi Negra and Bally Moy, who are both quality animals and are rated a good bit higher than him. Um, and he was he was close up again in third in that race, so pretty solid form. And I think it doesn't deserve to be a twelve to one shot. So that's the that's the angle I'm going for. What about yourself, John? What's your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put you off, Comanche Red. As Paul said, that's very good form. I'm actually going to go for Doctor Dex. Um, I know you tipped it up and it won yeah. very well at Ascot, and then it followed up close and distance second at. Obviously, Kempton Park. Um, the other one I would take note to uh, is a horse called Hold the Note by Mick Shannon. Uh, I believe he won this race last year with a horse called Glenn Fossa. Um, that horse had one run previously to run in at Kempton on Boxing Day last year, and Hold the Note has a similar pathway this year. So I wouldn't put you off that as well, but an each way price, uh, 9 to 1. At the moment, I'd be going for Dr. Dex. 
Yeah. So a couple of options in the first, which is Comanche Red a twelve to one shot and Doctor Dex at nine to one. Next up is uh, one fifty five at Kempton, named after the legend Kato Star. Yeah, and this this actually is arguably the race of the day for me. I think this looks fantastic. Um, <clears throat> any of the sort of first four in the market, I think, could could easily win it. And you could possibly add um, Jarvis Plate, who's the sort of the fifth one down. Um, there's not really an each way angle, so I need to go off the fence and pick the winner. Um, and for me, the winner is going to be Paul Nichols' trained master, Tommy Tucker, um, who's about 100 to 30 at the moment at the best price. Um, the reason I'm going for him is he's actually sort of the eldest of the four at the front of the market. Well, he's the same age as Blackhawk. Um, he'd missed a bit <clears throat> of his career, presumably through injury. He'd been a sort of, he's been a slow, slow starter. So he's an eight-year-old. And they won't want to waste any more time with him, so he'll be absolutely ready to go. Um, he came back uh, at Kempton um, last time out. He won really nicely um, from a, a horse that I've got a lot of time for, who dares wins uh, in second place. And even the third place that day was um, a horse called Thomas Darby, who's a pretty classy horse. And then um, who dares wins and, Mr. and Master Tommy Tucker finished miles ahead of them. So I thought that was pretty good form. Um, it will need to be good form because this is a this is an excellent race. Danny Wisbang, Blackhawk, and Sleigh House are all pretty classy. Um, but I just think Paul Nichols will have Master Tommy Tucker ready to go. Harry Cobden, I'm assuming, would have had the choice between Danny Wisbang and Master Tommy Tucker, and he's gone for the latter. So um, I'm quite happy with that, and I think he's um, he's the most likely winner for me. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about Harry Cobden. He's obviously had a difficult choice to make uh, later on in the card as well. Uh, so that could be a good indicator for, for this race. What about yourself, John? This is a really tough one. Um, I'm finding it tough to pick between the top five in the market. Like I actually think Jarvis' play is overpriced at 16 to 1. Um, so I'm probably just going to have a small bet on him. Uh, I could pick. A little bit of fault in Slate House. I think he takes too long to get going in these races. And a quick track like Kempton might not suit him. Master Tommy Tucker, yeah, I wouldn't put you off him. Danny Wisbang, again, I wouldn't put you off him as well. My only concern with that horse is um, he beat Reserve Tank, who I actually think will be going back over hurdles um, next race. So I'm not entirely convinced that form is as good as it. It looks given that reserve tank was a grade one hubler last year. Um, so at 16 to 1, I'm probably just going to go with Jarvis play right off the fact that his last run at Kempton wasn't very good. It was actually pretty poor. Um, but he's stepping up to three miles, so I think I'll just give him a small, a small bash here. Yeah, unfortunately, we've only got seven runners in this race, so mm. limited each way places. But um, yeah, Jarvis played sixteen to one for you and Master Tommy Tucker. I think it's what one hundred twenty-three at the moment. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting yourself, angle. Actually, just just touching on what um, John was saying there about um, Jarvis Plate, because I, I did think that was um, I would agree, probably slightly overpriced um, given given the form that he's got in the book. It might be one. Um, it's that, that you could maybe do the bet three six five each way extra places on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking at it just now. They've not got that. They've not got that additional market added in yet. They usually do it on the day of the race, the morning of the race. But given that there's four ahead of them in the market, seven runners, um, and there's four a good bit shorter mm-hmm. than them. 
I reckon you, you might still get double figures on Jarvis' plate with the each way extra. So you maybe get 10 to 1, but you get your three places um, in each way. That might be a very good shout, actually. Yeah, that's no, a good shout. do that myself, yeah. Yeah, I think Betfair, they offer something similar to that as well. So if it's not on Bet365, it might be worth checking out uh, Betfair as well. Yeah. yeah, definitely one for listeners to look at on uh, on the mor- on Boxing Day morning, I would say, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Okay, next we're jumping over to Weatherby, the 210, um, where we've got 10 runners for a three-miler. Yeah, um, again, another another good race scene, actually. <clears throat> I'm, going to, I'm going against what I would normally look for in a race like this. Um, I tend not to look for the older, sort of more exposed handicappers, um, because you, you tend to find... You know, there's always a young one that's on the improve that, that's able to get past them. Um, but I'm going for an older horse called Guitar Peak here. Um, he's a cracking horse. He, he's, he's been a winner on the flat, um, a winner over hurdles, and also a pretty, pretty good quality chaser. And he just seems to be getting better with age. The reason I'm going for him, um, I think he's going to improve again. The reason being, um, this is the first time he's been stepped up to three miles. And actually, when you look at his form, I think he wants three miles on it. It certainly um, won't be a hindrance to him. Um, when he races over two and a half, two miles five, um, it looks like he's finishing off his races really well and staying on to the line. So I don't think three miles would be any problem at all. Um, and I just thought he looked like really good each way value. Um, and he's a double figure price, bet three, six, five, ten to one. Um, so that's the, that's the one for me, an old, uh, a well known old. An old comrade, guitar beat each way. And yourself, John? Um, yeah, I think if this race had been run a couple of months ago, you'd be looking at top Phil Ben and thinking this is a banker. Um, but I've been a little bit disappointed in his two runs so far this season. Um, so I'm going to look at the winner of this race from last year, which is Lake View Lad. He's running off £2 higher, which I think is a manageable weight to carry. And the jockey, Henry Brook, has actually won this race the last three years in a row. So he certainly knows what it takes to get um, get around this course. Um, he's taken the exact same route as he did last year. I think ran at Newcastle um, last year, then went on to win it and has done the same again this year. So at 13-2, to two, I will be having a bet on Lakeview Lad. Okay, so some decent prices in there. I've got Guitar Pete, who's actually, I think, touching 11s at the moment, as we record this. Fantastic, that for me. And Lakeview Lad, who's 13-2, kind of across the board at the moment as well. Okay, so getting back to some serious business at Kempton Park. We've got the Ladbrokes Christmas Hurdle, and again, it's a race looks to be dominated by Nicky Henderson. Yeah, Nicky's, Nicky's got top three in the market here. Um, Fusel Raffles, he's quite keen on, but I'll be brutally honest with you, I think Nicky's been talking a power of shite lately. Um, he's, um, See what you mean, John. Yeah, well, if you look at touch on Altior, like he, he claimed he wasn't happy with how he was working at home, pulled him out to King George, now he's running on the 27th. There was another horse he spoke as if it was going to absolutely bolt up at a handicap at Newbury a couple of weeks back. That horse pulled up. Um, so he's very keen on Fusel Raffles. Um, I, I'm, I wasn't that impressed with Fusel Raffles when it ran at Wincanton a couple of months back. I would have thought he would have been able to beat Grand Sansi by a 
far longer distance than he did. I know it was his first run. I certainly wouldn't be backing Fusel Raffles. If you're going to look at um, Epitante, that's uh, five to one. That is a more favourable price what given on what they've achieved so far. Um, but the one I'm going to pick is, again, the winner of the race last year, uh, Verdana Blue. And look at one this race last year, beat Bouvedere. Um There's an argument that he wants good, she wants good ground. However, it's actually quite mild. I'm sitting outside at the moment um, in London and I could probably see uh, the ground drying up quite a bit. Um, so highest rated horse in the race and I, I, I think there's absolutely no way for Danable is not finishing out the top three. So five to one best price at the moment. If you're going to go for a nine-day each way manoeuvre, I think that's an absolute cracking bet. So Verdana Blue for me. It's funny. I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, Verdana Blue would probably be my second choice in the race. Um, and if you asked me to pick one of the the ones near the front of the market, that's that's who I would go for. I, I think. Um, her, like you, you touched on, you know, it's sort of widely accepted that she wants good ground, but I, I think she can also act fairly well and soft. And if you're a uh, Johnny on the spot down there and you think it's actually it's, it's pretty mild, um, it could end up being sort of good to soft on the day. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't have any concerns about that. And if you look at, <clears throat> even if you look at official ratings, Madonna is well ahead of the rest of them. So you're really looking for something to improve past her. Um, and she was a course and distance winner of, in the race last year, as you touched on. So absolutely wouldn't put you off. Um, one that I'm chancing at what I think is a massive price um, is Elixir de Nuts, um, who are back before. Um, and it may just be a case of she, um, he's becoming a cliff horse for me. But um, <laughs> back to my couple of weeks ago at Cheltenham, and it was his return, first race back for God knows how long. Um, and he, he, he led the race and looked, was travelling really nicely, and then just as in, just as they reached the last um, hurdle, he, he sort of faded out of it, and that just looked to me like they also drifted in the market like a barge beforehand. So the two those two factors made me think, well, all right, you know, his days to come. Um, yeah, for point. sure. Um, I think you and I talked about that at the time, actually, John, you sort of, you know, it looked like a, a nice wee return to action. Don't work him too hard. They've maybe left, left a wee bit still to do in terms of training at home. And I think he's been primed for this. Um, he'll need to find a good chunk to beat, um, especially Verdana Blue and, and possibly Fuzzle Raffles if um, he improves again. But I just think on his um, his form as a juvenile, he likes to nuts, grade one winner. Um, shouldn't be 20 to 1. There's 20 to 1 about there. Um, with Boyle Sports, um, and then that's just for me, just a value bet. So, but yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you on Verdana Blue as, as my second choice. Yeah, okay. Just another point on Verdana Blue. Um, it's recently been bought by Michael Tabor, who is one of the Ballet Doyle lads. Yeah. Um, on the day, I think we anyone who kind of follows flat racing knows if the horse is quite fancied they will get stuck in. So maybe close to the off time, if it drifts, then it could be a concern. But if it actually starts to shorten up, um, they quite fancy her chances. So just keep an eye on that as well. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. It's actually been nibbled at as well over the last sort of 24, 48 hours since the, the market started to form. So I think there has been a wee bit of money already. But as you say, the Ballad Oil lads like to get stuck in on the day of. And so, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see her shorten up. Yeah, I can see that it's 3 to 1 in places, despite it being 5 to 1 Paddy Power Betfair at the moment. So, yeah, it looks like one there could be money for as the race approaches. Okay, so the last race is the, or the last race in ITV is the 305 at Kempton, and it's one I guess we're all looking forward to. We spoke earlier about Harry Cobden having a, well, on the face of it, a difficult choice, but I guess you're not going to give up the chance to uh, take on the highest rated horse in training at the moment, so he's opted for surname in this one. Yeah, I'll let John, I'll let you go first. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. It's this absolute humdinger, isn't it? Um, yeah. Two, two horses that are just so difficult to actually choose between. And you've got Candice Oboe, who's won the race last year. Thistle Crack, who's a previous winner and, and ran very well last year. Footpad, I'm not too keen on. Um, which, obviously, Willie Mullins <laughs> sending him over here, so... He needs to be taken um, serious to an extent. But I just think if you look at the form, footpads show nothing um, in comparison to the three above him in the market. Um, no, the certainly not, to... not in the last year or so anyway. No. I mean, his uh, novice been... form was, was impressive, but he hasn't, he hasn't kicked on. Yeah, even if you look back to his um, novice form, you can probably pick a few holes in that. He was beating horses like Petey Mouchoir, who's been back hurdling. Mm. Um, St Calvados is not a bad horse but, but lining up here for sure anyway um, yeah. but yeah look I'm on his side with some name and I've already had a bet in this race I've doubled some name and elegant escape in the Welsh National uh, I put that bet on a couple of weeks ago so I got a decent price on elegant escape compared to what he is now um, other than that I just think it's a case of what Sit back, watch, enjoy, and may the best horse win. Um, unless you're going to really get stuck in, which I'm not really wanting to do tomorrow. Um, yeah, maybe maybe pick who you think will win, and then maybe double it up with something else. Yeah, I've, I'm, I've ended up, I've gone around all the same houses as you and landed on the same horse. I'm going for something as well. But again, it is, it's one of those ones, it's not a, it's not a massively confident selection, but um, I, I just I think I think he is the class act in the race, um, and I didn't think Altior was actually um, particularly bad last time out. No, um, I just thought something was better, and, and I don't think even um, it was a question of Altior not staying the two and a half or two two miles five furlongs. Um, it was just something was better, so that for me confirms that you know something is. The best chaser, the best chaser in training, and um, should win this. Um, when it comes to the Gold Cup, that's a different question because it's further. It's a, it's a different taste, a different race. But we'll we'll cross that bridge in March. Yeah. Um, you know when we come to it. But for this, I think um, he, he won't have too much difficulty staying the distance. People are concerned about that. I'm not not overly concerned about it myself. Nah, and I think he could jump the rest of them into submission. Um, yeah, I mean, Thistlecrack is probably overpriced, I think, given his, his history, his, his quality. He's won this race before. 
and he looked like he still had um, he still had a sort of passion for it um, when he ran over hurdles in, in the, the long distance hurdle at Newbury last time um, ran Paisley Park pretty close but I just I think, don't see him he's, better, he's probably better over hurdles I don't know if you agree yeah well that. the funny thing is mate if, if Thistle Crack had been kept in that race at Ascot on Saturday uh, he'd have won that grade one um, given that Paisley Park um, was yeah, you're right yeah that's, that's that that, yeah I think I, I have a feeling this will be Thistle Crack's last run over fences and he will run in the stairs hurdle come come March. Um, but I could be wrong there. Um, yeah, I think that's probably a bit. Point, yeah. yeah, back to the point about um, surname I've absolutely no reservations about that. Two and a half miles at Ascot's a lot stiffer than um, what the test's going to be tomorrow. Um and I, I, I'll be brutally honest with you, I don't actually like Sunday as a horse that much. He, he tends to only run right-handed. He never ran at Cheltenham last year. Never even went to Punchestown, which was a right-handed track. So it's, he's not the most likable horse, albeit a very good horse. So if Lost in yeah. Translation does win, I'll, I'll, I'll doff my cap and be quite pleased with that. And hopefully he goes on and does the business at um, the festival in March. Yeah, certainly Lost in Translation is the one I'd be looking at um, in this race to to see what if he if he can sort of confirm his credentials for the Gold Cup, as it were. And you know, if he if he goes well and stays on nicely, <clears throat> then I think I'd be probably with him in March. But for Kenton, for the King George, for me it's surname as well. And I'm I'm like you, I've tried everything to sort of argue against surname in his last few races, and I thought he overrated and blah blah blah. But actually. I can't argue with him, and the conditions should suit him here. So I just think he's he's the most likely winner. He's the one I'm going to have a bet on. Okay, so we've got some reluctant consensus, I think, on that one for (laughs) (laughs) Paul Nichols to make it his 11th winner in the race. Okay, so that wraps up the live action, but I believe you've got a couple of shouts elsewhere for Boxing Day, John. Um, Yeah, just a couple of of, um, races. Obviously, two ten at Leopardstown. Um, you're going to see an absolute cracker. You've got Fakir Dudariz up against Lavina. Uh, there's also a horse called Notebook of Henry de Bromhead, who is also a very, very good horse as well. Um, Lavina, proper hype horse, um, ran very well on her chase debut. Um, but at, at the prices, I, I think Fakir Dudariz is the bet at six to four. Um, so I will be back in back of Dudaries in that race at Leopardstown in the two ten. Okay. And the other one is the one forty market raisin horse called Cloudy Glen. Um, one of Venetia Williams. Uh, Venetia Williams has been in absolutely superb form of late. I think she's operating at a strike rate of approximately fifty percent, wow. which is some cone. Um, this yeah. horse, Cloudy Glen. It ran at Carlisle a couple of weeks back, and it was one of those really frustrating races where they'd taken a few of the fences out for the low sun, and it just got chinned um, on the line. Uh, it's running off the same mark, uh, and there's a five-pound claimer on. So at three to one, I'd be pretty confident that this horse will, will beat the field here. Okay, so that's a, another couple of picks for Thursday. Um Great stuff. So, Paul, could you maybe just run through your picks and then I'll get John to just run through his as well? I can indeed. 
um, 120 at Kempton, Comanche Red each way, 12 to 1 with Betfred. 155, Master Tommy Tucker, and that's a win bet. 100 to 30 with Bet365. 210, this one's at Weatherby, and it's Guitar Pete, the old boy, uh, 10 to 1 each way, and that is with Bet365 as well. 230, Elixir de Nuts um, each way, 20 to 1 with Boyle Sports. If that's not available, there's 18 to 1 uh, quite widely available as well. And that's an each way bet also. And the 305 at Kempton, the King George, I'm going with surname to win, and you can get 13 to 8 if you're quick. Um, I think that was Ladbrokes when I last checked. Yep, and I'm going to go for the 120 at Kempton, Dr. Dex each way, 9 to 1. Uh, the 155. I'm going to go for a small bet on Jarvie's play at 16 to 1. The 210 at Weatherby, Lakeview Lad at 13 to 2. The 230 at Kempton, I'm going to go for Verdana Blue. You can currently get that at 5 to 1. Uh, the 305 surname, um, but I'm probably going to pop that in a double. Um, probably with Faku Duderiz at Leopardstown in the 210. And just to wrap things off, um, the 140 at Market Raisin, Cloudy Glen at 3 to 1. Perfect. Thanks for that, guys. Um, fingers crossed, there's a few Christmas crackers in amongst that lot for us on Thursday. So, Paul and John will be back on Boxing Day. We'll look at Friday's Welsh Grand National card at Chepstow. So, keep an eye out for that podcast uh, probably Thursday evening, I would have thought, lads. Eh? Yeah, I think so. We're, we're going to wait for We're going to try and put it all in this podcast, but there's too much to cover, and we're waiting for the final decks for the 27th. And there's some good stuff at Leopardstown as well. So I think I'll have a few in that, in the Paddy Power Chase, etc. Um, so I think John and I will probably record that on Thursday after, once the declarations are known. And we might even get another special guest. I've potentially got someone waiting in the wings uh, to come in as well. So we'll do that. And uh, so stay tuned for that, hopefully um, late on a uh, Boxing Day evening. That will come out. OK, so all the best for your bets on Boxing Day. Uh, thanks both to both of you for your time today. Uh, hope you and the listeners have a great Christmas. And thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys have a good one and uh, same to all the listeners. Have a have a good Christmas and um, responsible gambling please from everyone over the festive <laughs> As ever, Paul. Thanks very much. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.